This is the Magellan Journal, a podcast series here to help you navigate through EU opportunities. We remove the noise around current EU issues on different topics, such as transport and environment, each time through the perspective of a different expert. In this episode, we speak to Annabella Carvalho, who is responsible for the International Networks Unit at ANI, the Portuguese National Innovation Agency, and she is the Portuguese National Contact Point and Delegate to Cluster 5, Climate, Energy and Mobility, and Cluster 6, Food, Bioeconomy, Natural Resources, Agriculture and Environment of Horizon Europe. We talked to Annabella about the new Horizon Europe program and how can Portugal achieve its goal and double its participation in the European Union funding programs. Hello, good morning, Annabella, and thank you for joining us in this podcast. Can you please present yourself and PERIN, Portugal in Europe Research and Innovation Network, that you're a part of? <laughs> Hi, good morning, Andrea. Good morning, Magellan. And thank you so much for this kind invitation. It is great for Ani to be an invitee of your podcast. So in a nutshell, I am Annabella Carvalho. I work at the National Innovation Agency as the head of the unit of international networks, where we can find all the support to Horizon Europe. Horizon Europe meaning the national contact points and the national delegates for the pillars two and three. Also, we also support the Enterprise Europe Network and the Eureka program. So in this frame, ANI is part of PERIM, as you have said, so the Portuguese in Europe Research and Innovation Network. And this is a large network that is coordinated by the cabinet of the Ministry of Science, Technology and Higher Education and involves seven agencies. So what we have here is ANI plus six agencies that are key to promote the European programs like Horizon Europe, Erasmus+, uh, Connecting Europe facilities, space. But honestly, the main aim of this network is to double the Portuguese participation, as you know, and we need to, to go further in the European programs. And this is one of the main aims and also to triple the number of students in mobility in higher education. But uh, just to finish, above all, uh, Perrin aims that these agencies can deliver the best support to our institutions, to Portuguese institutions and their uh, endeavor towards the European funding programs. So this is really in a nutshell what uh, Perrin is. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, the aim is to double the Portuguese participation in the European mm -hmm. Union through funding programs and attract 2 billion euros for research and innovation. Mm -hmm. uh, what will be done to achieve this goal and how can entities like Magellan as such help Portugal to reach this goal? Mm -hmm. Above all, we are, um, as you know, we are a dynamic ecosystem. We don't live uh, in islands, so we need each other. This is our background for all of us. So these seven agencies must work closely together with all our stakeholders in an engaging process that it's needed to increase the number and the quality of the submitted proposals. So it is fundamental to boost the creation of supporting offices at different institutions uh, we need multipliers of information. So we need the, all the entities, entities like Magellan, other types of entities that connect locally at each institution. And we need these institutions to be better prepared. 
So we need also a strong and consistent communication strategy. It's an engagement strategy, I believe, uh, above all. So because first we need to point out what is Horizon Europe? What are the main opportunities? And then we have to zoom in and work closely with each team to explore their interests, how they match Horizon Europe, who are the key players at international level, uh, what are the main funded projects. And at the end, all of us in this ecosystem act as connectors, as connectors within Europe. So Magellan, uh, all the entities in these ecosystems, we need to work together. We need to go locally. We need to, to build trust in our institutions to go ahead. So can you maybe elaborate a bit more what can Portuguese and European entities do to increase their chances of being successful in Horizon Europe? Uh, what is lacking in your opinion on what are, in your opinion, clear do's and don'ts in the participation in Horizon Europe? So regarding what to do, what not to do, or at most uh, what we need to look after is that we have to make the road um, Sometimes we used to say that we are not in the European programs or we are not in a consortia because we want, because we, we feel we, we, we are perfect for that. We have to, to make the road and we have to build first and above all our network of contacts. So we need to nurture our community at national level, but always foster foregoing to the European programs. So it's like nurturing locally to going to, to Europe and start early. We have to, it's important that our community contact the Paris network of NCPs and national delegates and also contribute to the discussions of what is being done in Brussels. What are the priorities? How can we get more involved in that? So we need an active community uh, where timing is essential. We need to deliver very fast our priorities. We need to be on the edge of the discussions. So we have like a national support group for the Horizon Europe's discussions that we call it GNAD. And uh, honestly, we would love that you would uh, submit your interest to be part of this discussion group. Of course, it is also most important to look at our strategic areas and assets and target our efforts in that way. To, uh, like to, to put the cherry at the top of the, of the cake in the strategic areas. And we need to foster uh, different strategies for us to be there in, in policy, in initiatives, in Horizon Europe programs. It's important also that uh, us, our stakeholders, be present at EU level events. And this is to be there, to contact with the people. We are in a different situation right now, but I believe in the future we can be closer even if, if not in the same way, but we have to be in these events, even virtually. Um, also, it is most important to participate in the associations that are behind European partnerships. These are really big, 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 big uh, partnerships, like public-private uh, partnerships. And we have to have an active role and a voice in what concerns our priorities in that partnerships, in space, in bio-based industries, in water resources, in high-performing computing. So we have to be there. And of course, we have to nurture 
our contacts network. This is something that we can never disregard. This is our connection to Europe and our connection to the world. Mm -hmm. And now to get a bit more onto the topics of the next funding programs. Uh, Horizon Europe, for example, has introduced some novel aspects such as missions. How important mm -hmm. will they be in the implementation of the different European agendas and regulation? Um, you know that this terminology uh, came with our former commissioner, Carlos Moedas. So like uh, getting into the moon, this was what uh, he was always talking about. Mm -hmm. So uh, the missions, the missions, the, the five missions that now we, we are aware of have been now launched as a new approach. As a new approach to what? To pool different resources initiatives, programs. So we need to go beyond in specific agendas and challenges for the EU and the worldwide, like the cancer, climate change, clean oceans, soil, also the urban environment and cities. So we can say that missions are rooted in research and innovation, but they go beyond that. And that is why we need to work together in an impact driven approach. That's what missions were designed for, going further. So creating more impact. And in that, we have also a large effort for citizen involvement. So this is one of the big challenges here, the citizen involvement and the impact driven approach and going beyond research and innovation. So it is fundamental to set and to be prepared is fundamental to set an interministerial approach. So we have to join efforts to pull resources from thematic ministries and their agencies. This is not just about research. So we should build on what already exists, like for instance, identify the projects and initiatives that are already in place and can be aligned with the mission goals like the lighthouses as demonstrators for solutions, communication and learning practices. So we have to build on what already exists. Also, we need to be aware about synergies with other funding sources. So it is crucial, the role of citizens and citizen sciences as also. Mm -hmm. So to finish with, with this idea of the missions, we have Horizon Europe that will give us more or less like 10% of pillar two for research and innovation, but EU missions bring the rational to join efforts at national and regional level uh, in order to leverage policies towards impacts in society, in economy, in environment. So we really need to work together and go beyond research and innovation to address these important aspects and issues like cancer, climate change, soils, oceans, and cities. Mm -hmm. And good that you mentioned climate change, because my next question is about the fact that Europe is now faced also with some climate-related regulations and plans, such as the new European climate law, European Green Deal, and the EU biodiversity strategy for 2030. How can Horizon Europe help the member states achieve the climate goals foreseen under these regulations, which have now become obligatory? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, what we, we have been seeing since uh, President van der Leyen put the Green Deal uh, in the table is that 
the Green Deal, honestly, is the main policy framework towards a new growth strategy uh, of the EU with ambitious packages of measures. So it's like if the EU has stepped these challenges and is using this moment to accelerate the twin green and digital transition, and this to transform our economy, industry, and society. So we see here the green and the digital hand by hand towards a sustainable society and economy. So uh, what we see is that within the European Green Deal, the commission is committed to make the EU climate neutral by 2050. And this is a big goal for Europe in, in as a strategic uh, geographic, uh, as we can say that way, uh, in the world, their position in the climate policy worldwide. So such a climate transition will require substantial efforts in research and innovation, namely in clean technologies, but also, and most importantly, in social, social transitions. So we see here on hand by hand, not just the technology approach, but also the non-technology approach. And Horizon Europe has really a very strong policy-driven approach. And the European Green Deal and the digital agenda are landmarks that will feed the priorities for the next, next seven years. We see it now in the first work programs that are being built, and we see this as a driving force for the member states too. We see that in Horizon Europe, so I believe it's 35% of all funding should be dedicated to climate-related research. So mm -hmm. we can see here, this is a massive message to the research and innovation community and to member states. And Europe wants to be the leader of climate action and to achieve the climate neutrality by 2050. So this will be and is a really large objective, a, a massive aim that we lead member states in their own national plans. And we can, we can see this in Portugal, and uh, namely. Mm -hmm. And we are also noticing, particularly in Horizon Europe, that horizontal aspects such as open science, gender, and the do no significant harm principle are gaining more and more importance in EU funds. What is the European Commission trying to achieve in making these aspects mandatory? Can you mm. elaborate a bit on this? Mm. Yeah, Andrea, this is really, uh, we see here in these three aspects that you mentioned, a bold, uh, a bold, as a bold initiative from the Commission. So there is a clear line of thought regarding the priorities towards openness of science results and data. It's something like as open as possible, as close as necessary. But the European Commission wants to boost the exploitation of research results and research data. We need to go beyond our scientific papers. We need to put services, products, uh, new business models in the terrain. So this openness goes very in line with exploitation of research data and results. Also, what we can say about the gender. Gender is a major importance in research and innovation. And how gender can be addressed within a proposal will be determinate, but also the role of women in leading teams. So what we see now, what we will see in Horizon Europe is that gender will be used in three 
specific items as eligibility criteria, as an award criteria under excellence, and also as a ranking criteria when you have uh, proposals with the same rank in the final list. So uh, this is an important message to the world and to European and to European institutions. So be prepared, get prepared, get your gender equality plans to deliver uh, your research and innovation as balanced as possible. Mm-hmm. Regarding the do not significant harm principle, this is a novelty, as you know, in Horizon Europe. Here we can see the impact of Green Deal. Honestly, this is the direct link to the, to the Green Deal objectives. So the research and innovation activities should not make a significant harm to any of the environmental objectives of the six environmental objectives. So it's like you have to have the economic objectives lined up with the environmental objectives. They cannot compromise each other, okay? So it's like you have to be aligned in all your research and innovation. You cannot impact, for instance, climate change mitigation or adaptation or or even the transition to the circular economy or pollution prevention or protection of and restoration of biodiversity. So it's here, it's the Europe is saying to the world that we need to have a strong leadership and direction in matters that are crucial for Europe. So research and innovation can make a difference in what regards the impact-driven approach towards new products, new business models, new services that are sustainable, that are inclusive, safe and trust. So it's like a mix of, of, of words, but it's, it's a, a very important leading role towards the future and research and innovation can play and will play a fundamental role on that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. And uh, to close uh, this uh, this podcast, the last question I will have for you is um, about the future of Horizon Europe. So in 2027, when it closes its operation, what would make you say that the program has been a success? So Andrea, it's like, um, how can I say? Now I will start with the beginning that, of our talk. So we know that within, for the Portuguese, uh, within Perin, we have this objective of doubling our participation in, uh, in Horizon Europe and getting to the 2 billion uh, euros. But this is just a golden number, okay? We need more than that. Uh, this is a number, this is a, a goal that we need to achieve, but we need at least we need more and decent and different people involved in the Horizon Europe program. So we, we really need to expand our participation in terms of different kinds of institutions. So we also need to have a clear picture of our national strategic areas, their research and innovation development and their internationalization path. And if they are there, if they are in the projects that will boost this at national level. We really need different institutions and we need to go beyond research institutions and have more national coordinations. These are two important aspects. So having more companies, having more NGOs, having more municipalities, having more associations. So we need to really, really expand our basis of participation in terms of institutions and also the coordinations. As you know, it's a, it's a challenge 
and it will be even a, a higher challenge in Horizon Europe. So this is also more opening towards, like you said, mentioned, yeah. associations opening more <laughs> towards uh, citizens. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's true. We also need to, to be prepared nationally and, and at least we need to expect that we need to, to exploit, to boost the exploitation of Horizon Europe results uh, through improving synergies with the national programs. So at the end of Horizon Europe, we should have a package of, of initiatives already in place that it could be important. It's like already in place, try to exploit results, probably from Horizon 2020 projects, but will be like a starting point for exploiting Horizon Europe uh, project results too. Another thing that I found it is important when we get to the end of Horizon Europe is that we really take the best of the horizontal pillar, you know, the widening pillar, uh, namely in what regards the teaming instrument. We need to increase our capacity building. At the end, we need to have these centers of excellence in strategic areas for Portugal. So we really need to team with the best in Europe and beyond. So I would focus my highlights here for mm -hmm expecting some success. <laughs> yes, it means collaboration yeah. and exploitation of results at the end of the day. Okay, uh, thank you very much, Annabella, for this uh, interview. It was very interesting. And unless you have anything to add, I would close mm. and uh, wish you a nice day. <laughs> thank you so much again. And thank you for the opportunity to join you and to share what Annie is doing and what Annie wants to do. And above all, we are here but we need to be there with you at your place, at your institution, with your needs. So I would make just a short call to call us, please. Okay, thank you very much and talk soon. If you like this podcast and want to know more about Magellan, check out our website at www.magellan-association.org.